Hey everybody, I am Bill Clifton Toll and I am super stoked and excited today because I've got the chance to talk to my brother-in-law about his exciting new food blog. In fact, we're, we're going to call this podcast today, uh, Good Food Served Here. Uh, and the reason we're calling it that is so that you remember Good Food Served Here is the name of his blog, um, which covers lots of adventures in the culinary world, including his adventures in his very own kitchen or going to faraway Spain and France and taking Epicurean experiences and putting them to the page through uh, his travels. Walter, welcome. It's good to hear from you today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> you bet. And this is such an exciting adventure. Uh, you've you've uh, already published quite a few excerpts of your experiences in the Epicurean world. And uh, it, it's everything from wonderful Mexican food here in El Paso, Texas, to adventures, as I say, in, in Spain with a suckling pig and, you know, stuff like that. It just blows my mind, some of the adventures that you've had. But let's rewind just a little bit and um, let everybody know what the foundation of your experience is uh, after getting your degree from Rice University and embarking on this career in the editorial world and in the writing world at MD Anderson Cancer Institute and helping those folks there uh, with their medical journals and such. Tell us a bit about what that experience was like. Well, after college, I joined a department of publications at MD Anderson Cancer Center and its job was to edit scientific and clinical papers for, the, for, the, for their professional literature. And I stayed there for 40 years, <laughs> um, eventually becoming director in my last 20 years there. And I'm very proud of it and thought that, do believe that a good editor must know something about writing clearly, at least not creatively. The whole time, of course, from the time I left home, I cooked less imaginatively than now from the, at the beginning and friends would come to dinner and they would see what I cooked and eventually two friends began suggested to me that I write a food blog and mm -hmm. at first I dismissed their requests simply because I believed the world is full of food blogs and recipes <laughs> and you can't go anywhere without seeing some invitation to cook something delicious. Um, and over the course of a couple of years, I tried my hand at writing it. I discovered that in fact, writing wasn't good enough. You needed some photographs. Otherwise, probably nobody would really look at it. And eventually, I, after, at one point, I concluded, oh, I'm not going to do this. Nobody wants to see it. And then, a friend had this idea, why don't you just think of it as a diary about your cooking for your purposes? And that satisfied me. I decided that's what I would do. I'd write a culinary diary. And if somebody else wanted to look at it, fine. But that took the pressure off of being successful. It's amazing how liber liberating that must have been, though, to uh, have it viewed through the different prism of it just being for yourself and a chronicle of your own experiences. Uh, but in doing so, it kind of frees you up 
to uh, creatively express uh, uh, a lot of things that perhaps otherwise would have been stifled. It's it's uh, a little view into the writing process right there, as much it is, as it is uh, about food itself, which I think that's kind of cool. And, um, you know, after years of, of uh, your work with medical journals and, and doctors and scientists and having to polish their work to uh, make it presentable and clearly understandable um, to, to other people, um, this is giving you uh, a platform for some creative expression that uh, lets you kind of meander wherever you want to go, doesn't it? Yes, yes. And it, do, it does something else too, which people considering doing such a thing should think about. It helps you get a perspective of your own. It helps you think about what you've done and what you've tried to do and put it in a perspective that's interesting to you. Um, so mm -hmm. to, to be a little more clear about that, uh, I spend more time on the first paragraph of every one of these writing about why they're interesting to me and what their connection to my life is and possibly to my future but anyway the point is I, I get a perspective on it it isn't just taking a recipe and cooking it it's thinking about how it fits into some part of your life wow well i you know i i see some some amazing allegory here because uh, you know your thoughts going into the first paragraph and polishing that to the extent and putting forth the effort that you do um, is sort of the amuse bouche in in the <laughs> culinary world good, it, good. it's it's the tantalizing appetizer that keeps people going uh, through the uh, the next course and the next paragraph of your experience and all that. And you're talking moments ago about the uh, fact that you wanted to bolt some photographs too, that it wasn't just words on a page, but uh, you wanted to include some visual representation of what you're talking about, whether it's pictures of the restaurant that you're in or, or uh, the meal uh, set before your guests at your very own home and, and various things like that. And um, in the culinary world, uh, one of the things that chefs learn early on is that you eat with your eyes first. You feast your eyes before you put anything in your mouth, which is why presentation is so important in the uh, cooking world. Uh, the stuff that arranged on the plate has to look appetizing and it has to have the right color coordination and, and distribution of the various components meal and all of that uh, put forth in a way that people find it uh, exciting before they even take a taste. Well, that, that's, uh, I would say, first of all, that you know, your training has led you to know much more about that. And I've watched you compose plates and I just, I don't, I don't compose plates so much as I compose menus. So I think about the colors that are going to be on the plate, not how they're arranged, because I don't know much about that, but what they look like and how they'll look together and how they'll complement each other, both in taste and in look, is an important consideration for both my wife and I. Me. Mm -hmm. 
that that makes lots of sense and and uh, what you're doing is you're you're uh compiling all the various things to put together as as ingredients um which certainly makes plating it a lot easier when it comes around to uh getting that stuff set out on the table for people to enjoy. And you have done so many dinner parties. You just totally blow my mind with the number of dinner parties that uh you have uh conducted in a week's time sometimes. Um <laughs> uh, and and so you've had a whole ton of experience serving lots of good food to lots of people and consequently i think um people have gravitated to your meals that really appreciate good food and you've surrounded yourself with some people who really know how to cook and it's uh, sort of a, a cadre of folks that um all share this with such enthusiasm eating is so much fun together with your friends and family um but then through the years you've really kind of established connections with a lot of people that know a lot about food you you've got a friend that's uh, an expert in in olives and and things like that right well i have a friend maybe you were speaking of a man who is a professor of anthropology at the university of houston and he teaches food and wine the culture of food and wine and he knows so much about food and wine and olives and um, grapes and all of all that yes yeah he knows about their anthropological points too their the, how how they have contributed to the distribution of the human beings across the earth i mean once yeah isn't that amazing yeah. civilization being based on uh just a couple of fundamental elements in our diet whether it's it's grapes and olives uh in in this case and and how societies were built on that that's got to make for some pretty tantalizing dinner conversation <laughs> yes Wow and and uh it's it's cool that you've been able to rub elbows with some folks like that. Um tell us a little bit about some of the uh blog entries that you've made so far. I know one of them's right here in El Paso, Texas at the fabled H&H H&H car wash. Um but uh what can folks expect to see in good food served here? They can expect to see a paragraph that gives my perspective on the dish and then recipes for the components of the dish written as clearly as I can write them uh, in a paragraph form which is different from what you see in many recipes so I don't lay out all the ingredients and then tell you what to do with the ingredients I tell you what to do with the ingredients in in a par- in a narrative form with descriptions as best as I can of how much of each and what temperature and so on and so forth. Um sometimes my directions about amounts are very cursory because I don't think it matters it depends on what you like how much of this or that you use or <laughs> sometimes it's because I don't measure myself. Um but I believe that uh most people will get it and 
I'm sorry if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that approach. I, I truly do. Um, you know, I've I've been reading, uh, and and you know, it's it's funny that I say reading uh, a cookbook, but salt, fat, acid, heat uh, is is one that I've been reading lately uh, because it is it's 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 written like prose in some respects, and and it's got lots of jokey fun stuff in it too from Samin Nozrat who has uh, been a guest on many shows and she has uh, also uh, been uh, a collaborator and co-conspirator in the culinary world with Michael Pollan and, and people like that um, and it's it's kind of fun to have a different approach where not everything is laid out uh, specifically in terms of a pinch of that and a teaspoon of this and uh, 375 degrees for 45 minutes or what have you. Instead, I love your narrative approach because to me, you're including all the vital information to ensure that the uh, essence of the uh, recipe gets delivered in the best way possible but as as a cook as a person that really feels passionate about this to have it in narrative form is more like an inspiration guiding you to a great result instead of uh, a recipe just guaranteeing that you're going through the correct motions um, I, th I think there's a, a certain passion and gratification that you get from that approach that you don't otherwise find in the pages of, uh, you know, the uh, Betty Crocker foot, uh, cookbook. <laughs> it's, it's not a cookbook form. It's more of a, an experience, a culinary experience uh, reflected on the, uh, the written page with what you do. Well, I appreciate that point of view, and that helps me to better appreciate my own work i will say this that i do try to think about people who don't know what i'm talking about and and write it as clearly as i can so that they know exactly what i mean well uh, clarity has certain has certainly been the essence with uh, your career writing uh, with md anderson um, because that is of course so so important when uh, it is coming down to life or death in, in certain situations there, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, such clarity is going to lend itself to uh, being a sort of entry-level approach for people that may not have ever had a, a suckling pig in their kitchen. <laughs> well, I've never had one either, but... <laughs> oh, welcome yeah. the next time he shows up Okay, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny that you say that and put it in those terms, because I, when I think of a suckling pig, it's uh, like it'll never make it to the table. Right. I'm going to feed it, feed it for the rest of its life out in the backyard <laughs> and, and pet and cuddle with it, you know, I mean. Yeah, you know, it's, it's sort of like uh, uh, Wilbur in Charlotte's <laughs> Web, <laughs> Zuckerman's famous pig there, but um, yeah. Well, wow. I, would, I would like to describe, if you want me to, a dilemma. It's not a dilemma. It's a, a um, something that's complicated that I just started writing. And well, good, yeah. It's a description of making a paella. Oh, all right. Because, uh, you know, we've almost gotten paella... Uh, 
to the point that it's a, a, a two a twice a month uh, meal here. So um, yeah, I'm I'm all ears. I'm excited. Uh, let me know about uh, what's what's going on in the in your world of paella. Well, I love making paella and I have for a long time. But when I my first paella was intimidating. When you open the page to the recipe for the paella, you see a huge list of ingredients. Oh yeah. And when you see how it's assembled, you see that it's carefully assembled bit by bit by bit by bit. Yeah. And you. Um, the bits don't always exactly match this huge list of ingredients, and I have struggled with how to describe this. And I thought, I'm thinking this. I'm thinking that I first need to describe the general approach to paellas, which is to say what happens in kind of a sequence in general, not in specific, not with <laughs> specific ingredients, but just generally what you do, and yeah. then. Describe. Uh, I have a an idea that the best way to approach paella is with a bin approach. So think of the ingredients as being in bin one, bin two, or bin three, and those bins depend on when you dump them in the pan. And once you know that, you make up the ingredients for each bin, and you're all set to go. You just boom, 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 in the order yeah. you need to. And I'm you know that makes、uh, makes a lot of sense.、Uh, to me, paella is an excellent example of staggered cooking,、uh, and by staggering, what you're doing is you're staggering the cook time for each ingredient, so that the whole dish culminates correctly、uh, with nothing being overdone or underdone, and and.、Uh, That、uh, to me has a lot to do with paella. Well, is it and, okay if I use that word in my description? Staggered. That's a that's a good word for this. Thank you. I I, th- I think that、uh, staggered cooking is a technique that chefs use to ensure that all of the components of a meal get served. At the correct time in the correct sequence, and、uh, yeah, sure, I, I I think that that's、uh, that's part of it because what you're doing is you're staggering the time, the duration of uh, each uh, part of the recipe, you know, to where everything gets done and served、uh, at the appropriate time and with the appropriate doneness. There's a there is a. An entry in in the diary that describes this very well, and that is the fig and bacon pasta. Yes, Sicily. So you actually you have to cook the pasta and cook the figs and bacon, and they have to be done at approximately the same time, which means you have to start up the water and put in the pasta while you're cooking at certain times while you're cooking the figs and bacon. And if、That's、you do that,、business. it'll be good. If you、yeah. do that, it won't be very good. Your figs will either be cold, or your pasta will be overcooked. One or the other. And nobody wants cold figs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And you know, leading up to the paella, the I think the kind of precursor meal to paella in some ways is. Risotto, because in both cases you're you're dealing with bomba rice or you know arborio rice, and、um, you know it's kind of a, 
a, a simplified version of paella is risotto in a way. Yeah. Although there's some certain complexities to risotto that aren't part of paella. I, I get that too. You know, there's there's a, a difference between the two. Um, but it's it's like um, one sort of is a step to the other. Uh, not just because the central ingredient is the same in both dishes, but um, if you can gain an understanding of both, uh, both dishes will benefit from acquiring that expertise. <laughs> I would I would uh, add to that. So, what what to me connects them, and you're discussion just now helps me realize this. Both of them are about making sure <laughs> that your liquid ingredients or soft ingredients mm-hmm. get done about the same time as your rice does. So that, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not the easiest thing to do because you have to control no. how fast the water cooks or the liquid cooks while your rice is in it. Yeah, how much water you add to it, and so on and so forth. Well, and and that you know that right there tells you that the uh, regardless of how precise your recipe is written, right? There's a certain amount of eyeballing it, and there's a certain amount of of uh, acquired expertise in engaging. Uh, when the liquid is going to be flashed off and the dish is going to be done and if the uh, the rice itself is going to have the appropriate tenderness and all of that so it's tricky it is tricky business to cook some of these dishes and you have to go through some trial and error process before maybe you want to decide to invite the whole gang on the block over for uh, paella night yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, you know I get that, and and uh, a lot of uh, the blog aspect to what you're doing, I think, inspires this. But we still have to kind of go through the process of fine tuning and learning as we go. <laughs> It's exciting. That's part of what makes this an adventure, and you, you've got to have enough little wiggle room to uh, make a mistake here and there, and and uh, be forgiving, and <laughs> uh, learn as you go and proceed that way. Yes. It's not a straight line always. <laughs> Darn it! Like what I expected. Yeah, like so much in life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, um, where can people view um, Good Food Served here? What what platform are you on? What's the the web link? Um, I want to be sure to include it, of course. Uh, you know, when when I uh, publish this on on Facebook and social media. Um, but where can people find you? They can find me at WordPress. So the address is Good Food Served here, one word. Dot WordPress. Dot com. I guess yes. Dot com. All right. Very good. Well, this is uh, this is so exciting to have the uh, the launch. And man, you just uh, you really kind of open the floodgates right away with your your blog. Uh, you, you have several great examples 
of tasty things and and some fun adventures in there um but you're beginning to uh, add more as you go uh i i guess you uh you publish uh, additional content as you are inspired to do so or, or are you on a regular schedule this or uh part of the fun is just doing it on a whim huh uh no the goal was one a week okay the reality was one every two weeks okay uh, but if but... i don't have a goal i might i might say oh, i don't know i don't feel like it today which yeah. means i won't have enough i mean people will get bored or maybe if they're paying any attention or i'll get bored and stop doing it so i have to have a schedule okay uh, i'm not keeping to it but it helps me even so Okay, it's good to have a little stru- it's it's like a recipe. You've got to have a little structure. You've right. got to have the foundation and the framework uh, to work with in. Yeah. And uh, when when you go to the fridge and discover that you don't have any of those uh uh salted anchovies from Spain, well, you, you got to maybe go to the cupboard and see if you've got a can of sardines, huh? Yes. <laughs> okay. Perfect examples. All right. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to consuming more because you serve a delicious blog that is so well written and it's such a delight to go on these little adventures with you into the world of food. Well, thank you very much, Bill. I've learned a lot from you too, remember that. Well, thank you. It's it's very mutual and looking forward to more. <laughs> more soon. It's coming. Thank you.